Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey there, thanks so much for tuning into this episode. It's a really incredibly special episode that I recorded with celebrity colorist Kim Vo. And we did it at Cosmoprof in Vegas this past summer. We actually just sat um, in a booth in the middle of the show floor to record our podcast. And it's actually supplemented by an awesome day in the life video that we filmed with Kim for 15 hours all during his day at Cosmoprof at night. And it's a really incredible look at a true behind the scenes day for Kim as he hustles his way through the industry. So please head to our website at Where Brains Meet Beauty to check out that video. You'll learn a lot about Kim and enjoy all the hustle and hard work that he puts into his career. So please enjoy this episode. Please check out the video. And if you missed last week's episode, it featured Kelly Campbell. She's the host of the Thrive Podcast, and she's part of our Podcasters We Love series. Thanks for tuning in. And we're rocking. We're, we're rolling. Okay, this is, awesome. this is super special, everybody. This is sort of very meta right now. We're being filmed with video. We're yes. being recorded with audio. My guest on Where Brains Meet Beauty today is Kim Bo. I have a long list of accolades to read about you. Legendary colorist. Do you like the word legendary? I, I love like it. <laughs> it. makes you feel old. I don't know. Legendary. I love it, but thank you. Salon owner and operator. Yes. Which yeah, is I'm a big deal. Big deal. I'm still working salons. Right. Um, TV hair expert. Yes. Of many, Judge, many shows. Now a host with Tori Spelling and our Look All Stars. Right, and that's where we're spending most of the time with you today is promoting yes. the Look All Stars. Yes. Such a cool show. It's great because it's uh, a hair show that's an hour long that has everything with nails, makeup, hair, wardrobe, so it's a full overall look. So I'm thrilled to be sitting with you today because you are, oh, you. You, you gave me the three R's. You're raw, real, and relevant. Yeah. What does that mean to you? You know, it means really um, what I always say, if you don't update, you're out of date. And it's so tough being in this industry now almost 20 years. I've had to go through a metamorphosis. I've had to really upgrade my game. What was 20 years ago isn't the reality right now. Um, social media plays a huge side of this, but also being fortunate to be able to do reality TV, Way in the Day, Extreme Makeover, E, Sheer Genius, really has catapulted and helped me get to this you know, place. So you were Bravo star in Sheer Genius, and yes. I am a huge, huge, mega Bravo yes. fan. <laughs> what shows are you watching now? You know, I, the Housewives, I mean, all of the Housewives, which I love, you know? Um, I love the ninja also, like the American ninja where they do the body workout. Yes. There's something that when I want to get away from beauty, that's my little like, I can do it, I could work out and get there. That show is fascinating. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about hustle yes. right, today and think of the hustle those people go through, no, right? No, I love their dedication and I, love, I think that we forget sometimes you're passionate about something, what hard work it, it took to get there. I think people just think you wake up one day and you're there, and they forget all the work that's put in. You know, there was one episode at American Ninja where a guy from Alaska who had to get driftwood to build his things with, like he had to actually go out to the wilderness and get the stuff they'd work out in, and I thought, that's a hustle. Right, right. So um, I want to mention that when I first got connected with you, I spoke with your salon manager, Karina, and I was asking questions about how you spend your time, and I just sort of assumed you're doing this all the time, like out and about, in the universe, like meeting with people, greeting with people, doing a ton of interviews. And she's like, he's really behind the chair most days. Yes. Right? He's really in the salon. So yes. what is salon life for, like for you? You know, my passion is behind the chair. I mean, I got into this business uh, doing color, being a colorist. And I was so fortunate to have 
like Vogue voted me the best blonder in the business. And so with that accolade, you know, you get to do some celebrities and things like that. But my passion's behind the chair and that true artistry. And talking about being, you know, like we said, real, raw, and relevant, that, that real and that raw means always pushing myself, doing new color, opening myself to different things and different ways of doing things. You know what I mean? And that's what's really important. So I would think it's enough hustle just to run and operate two salons, right? So you're, you are you have your clients, but then you also have the management of the salon, right? Yes, I have the management. I've got a great team, but the reality is that I've got um, salons, a few of them, one uh, that I can drive to, another one that I have to fly to, and uh, we just closed another one in Vegas. I was at the Mirage for eight years, and I was working, you know, seven days a week for eight years, and it was amazing, but I just wanted to take some of my personal time into that account, but it, it's all a part of the process of working towards something. Right, so when you decided to take a break from the way that you were living your professional life and say, I'm taking more time for myself, did you agonize over that decision? I think we all agonize. It depends on your personality. I think, you know, we, we understand that we're all balanced in the sense that if one thing takes more energy, it's going to take away from something else. Right. And that was really the reality of it. My personal life and just enjoying life and really bringing stuff back to the table was kind of getting diminished because I didn't take vacations or I didn't take time off, mm -hmm. you know, and they always say, you know, just wait, you know, smell the roses and stop and smell the roses. I really wasn't doing that. It was really important to me. Right. So I have friends who are freelance makeup artists and, um, you know, doing a lot of editorial and commercial work. And their big lament is, you know, they're never around for those big life moments for their friends and their family. Absolutely. Right? If they're booked on a big gig and it's, you know, in some island and it's for seven days, they're taking the gig because that's their livelihood. That's their livelihood. But they're missing so much else. Is that what you were feeling? Were you missing Absolutely. things? Absolutely. You know, we have a, we have a, in Los Angeles, we have a funny magazine called Angelino that's fabulous. It states all the new, new restaurants. Mm -hmm. And my friends keep asking me, oh, have you been to this restaurant? Have you been to that restaurant? You live in the city. I'm like, no. I literally go home, I work, and, you know, I do events. Mm -hmm. But we're so busy in the moment that on the weekends I was flying to the other salons that, and I love doing it. I don't want to make it sound like, you know, someone put a gun to my head. Right. I, but I love it. But I was missing out on those little moments that were really important to go back and be an entrepreneur, to have that time off and to really sit there and say, what's the next step? Right. But that's scary to take the next step, right, yes. when you're changing. So you told me you're in an evolution moment, right? Well, every five to ten years, and it coincides with my lease, with my lease space, mm -hmm. I really ask, is this the space for me? What's next? And we're in a 10-year cycle right now. Uh, in October, it'll be our 10th year at the current salon. We're totally changing, rebranding things up. We're literally going in and choosing a whole different vibe, a whole different feel. And it's, quite honestly, Jody, it's nerve-wracking. It's absolutely nerve-wracking because it's something that we're stepping away from. What is the scariest part of that? You know, knowing what you have to do and having the courage to do it. Like what? Give me an example. Um, We've got to not be anymore a Beverly Hills salon. We've got to be a Beverly Hills salon that's in a cool, hip area that is dealing with millennials, mm -hmm. dealing with social media, dealing with a wall that we're going to have to put up roses and color manila pink and some crazy colors that I'm not used to. I'm used to old-fashioned, do a reality show, go, you know, share about it. And now we're going to have to do things like get a swing set. Right, so you're going to be creating a salon that um, has all these Instagrammable moments with well, built within it. Well, because I honestly feel on Instagram, if you don't take a picture, you weren't there. Life doesn't exist right. without taking that picture, getting that moment. And uh, it's a beautiful, Instagram is a beautiful thing. 
it's a great way to show your art, show your what you're doing. But I'm, I'm meeting influencers that are making a living off of this, which is amazing. Right, you know, it makes me think of, I was talking with a makeup artist this morning and she was lamenting about how she does all these great gigs with high profile people, but she signs these NDAs that she's oh, not allowed to take pictures, I've got right? so many NDAs that you don't even know. Like, that's the, the tough part. Right, so she's like, how do I market these things on social when I can't take my own pictures? And I'm like, well, just go online and pull pictures of their, from their own feed. Exactly. And say it was great to work with you today, right? So you have so, to do it though. I'll give you a great example. We just did extra. We did a beautiful piece on a makeover. We can't post it till tomorrow night because it's going to show right. tomorrow night. So we did show some pictures of it, like behind the scenes, but we couldn't show the hair. So it becomes kind of like, oh, wait and see, watch us. But there's a whole dance there too. But like I'm saying, like it's interesting how there's some things you can't share. You know, right. people, celebrities without makeup. Right. So um, let's talk about celebrity. We talked a little bit about it while we were walking the Cosmoprof floor, but how important is it to, in your business right now, to be aligned with celebrities? You know, it used to be where it was 100%. Exa- I mean, it, it, there is always something special if you can align yourself with a celebrity. But now with social media, with great products, I really think that that's you know, now going towards social media, where if you've got influencers, if you've got people who believe in it, it goes back to what I believe, which is, you know, the proof's in the pudding. Great work, great product, great nail polish, great wigs, great extensions. All that really prevails. I, I think that that has to go back to the, the artisan and the craft of, of each business. That will prevail more than connecting with a celebrity. Because I think sometimes we're all a little jaded. We sometimes think that celebrities being paid, they're not using it, they're not. So, you know, you have to be authentic. Right. So I want to come back to this evolution period that you're in right now where you're yes. going to you know, pick up a move and start sort of a, a new image for your brand. But I want to talk about the look for a second because you are not a judge on the look. No, it's my first time co-hosting with Tori Spelling. And it was done purposely. Um, I'm more of a style guru. Mm-hmm. So what, what does that mean? That means that um, I really am there as a mentor, like Tim Gunn's, yeah. but I've got a bite. I'm going to have a, this sweet taste. There's a little bite to it. <laughs> well, give um, me an example of what that bite well, sounds like. Well, I've said once, uh, you know, you can't do that look. It's two different looks. It's like taking a laxative and a sleeping pill. <laughs> These are things you can't do together. So I'm very visual in my concepts and what I'm thinking about. But, you know, it, it just helps them be better stylists, be better at what they do. Right. So um, is it like, do you have to sort of like hold onto the table and like, let them just make their mistakes, you know, because you're not the judge, you're just guiding them. It's so funny you say that. I I do have to hold on and bite my tongue because I'm not the judge, and I really don't want to give them bad advice, you know, and I don't want them, but it's already out. The episode's already out. This happens all the time on the red carpet. People with slick hair back and do beautiful work in the back. Well, when you're taking a photograph in the front, there's nothing in the back that right. will show. Right. And so this whole, this poor team did a beautiful thing and had to take it apart because they didn't understand that if you take a picture, your hair slicked back, you're not going to see all that artistry in the back. Right. And you also, as the woman wearing that pony, you look bald in all your photos. Exactly. So I was sharing that with them. I called it full frontal face. Uh-huh. So I said, you don't ever want just that one. You have to train them or teach the celebrity or the model to turn around, be playful with it because you'll never see it. Four things had like 20 minutes left. They had to go back and do like mm-hmm. a whole different style. Right. So I, do, I want to avoid things like that, but I also want to give them that 
that insight, that negative information. What if it was a high pony? Would that have worked? It would have been great, but again, I think the camera angles, mm -hmm. but there's things that they don't think about. As a stylist, that doing the red carpet for so many years, you think about, because right. you see your work you know, right. right there on camera. Right, just like you see yourself on camera all the time. Oh my God, I hate hearing my voice. So, you know, here's the like, <laughs> Does anyone ever like hearing their voice? You know, the first time I heard my voice, I'm like, do I really sound like that? So, That's so crazy. Do you think about this? Like, I'm new to the camera. Like, I feel really great on the pod, right? Yeah. Nobody can see me. Um, I'm kind of sneaky behind the scenes. But, you know, this is my first day really being in front of cameras. Really? You're yeah. Pro. You're well, pro. you've been carrying me this whole no. day. But, um, you know, like, do you think about the way you look and do, you know, nitpick at yourself? Oh, gosh. I always say it's like your elbow. If you look at it too long, it yeah. gets ugly. <laughs> do not look at your elbow. Elbows All are of weird. Your, they're weird. Knees and elbows. Uh, it's like that with film. You've got to, like, look. If you saw some of the look, there's some, you know, there's some pictures I'm like, why did you pick that picture? I feel, like, enormous in it. The, you know, camera adds 10 to 20 pounds. It really does. And it sounds funny, but, you know, that's why I'm vegan now. Because, like, I'm going to be skinny. Skinny, skinny. Right. I understand. You know, I've really always been a very behind-the-scenes person. It's only through the podcast where, like, I'm trying to not be um, out of the advice of my team. Um, and I look at these things, these images of me, and I get uncomfortable. And then I have to practice being comfortable with myself. Yeah. This is who I am in the world, right? Um, this is the, the body I have. My arms work. My legs work. My brain works. I'm healthy. Right. I'm happy. And really focus on the gratitude right. and not obsess about these other details. Right. That's hard. And that's healthy. But you know what healthy is? Work. It's hard to do. It's yes. work. <laughs> I have to, I talk to myself in my head. I yeah. really do. I like chance to myself. I walk myself back off the ledge. Yes. Very often. No, we do this all the time. You know, I said this earlier, our minds sometimes are toxic. Our hearts are so emotional, but our gut is always right. For me, it is. And I always listen to the gut. The gut never tells you what it wants. Right. It always, right. It's always the opposite of what you think it's going to be. So what I want to talk about now is something you told me that I really was surprised at. I had no idea that you have, um, you have a side hustle. Like, just yes. like I have a side hustle. So you're moving your salon and you're going to redecorate your salon. Yes. Right. But you're also moving your home. Yes. I love redecorating and architecture and all this. You know, I, I think it's important um, when you're in the beauty industry and when you're drenched in any career, in, in the media, wherever, I think you need an escape, an escapism that doesn't, you know, that you could literally just switch the brain over. It might have to be decorating and decor and fixing up homes. This is my eighth home. I'm fixing up and selling. We need another TV show. We yeah. need you, you doing your flipping house oh, show. I would watch that. It's so much My fun. My kids would watch it too. No, honestly, it's so much fun. And it's funny because I didn't think I was a flipper. Like, I just kept flipping them. And some, you know, finally, my realtor is like, you know this is your eighth home, right? I'm like, really? So, yeah, and that, that gets me to escape. It gets my brain working. It, it helps me out and, you know, go through certain things like that. Right. What I've realized as an entrepreneur is that I do better mental health wise when I have a project yes. like a project so yes. like for me the recent project was finding a new office for ourselves and I went from a kind of like a in the hole sort of moment like down in the dumps kind of space to completely focus on finding the new space and thing that felt like us and right. a great neighborhood and it changed my mindset completely right does this help you in you know, that sense ab and it's exactly what what I'm trying to share which is you know the artists like real like Michelangelo or Picasso they would always work on a piece of artwork step away and then revisit it mm -hmm. and they would do that because they'd have a different type of light a different type of eye 
And I think that's what you need to do. You need to truly step away sometimes from something you're doing and totally recalibrate. That's why vacations are great. Mm -hmm. But just recalibrate and then go back and get a, a fresh set of eyes. And I've been so fortunate to be able to do that with decorating and you know, remodeling and all this stuff of the house. Because it is artistic, but completely different than the beauty world. Mm -hmm. And um, what are you looking for in your next home? Is it like a total disaster that you want to reinvigorate? Like, what do you look Oh my for? God, I look at homes like my relationship. It's got a broken wing, I'll date you. If you got two broken <laughs> wings, I'll marry you. My God, I don't know. You know what? I'm looking for the ultimate fixer-upper. It's true. So um, I, I love that you're honest about that. <laughs> what um, the journey of looking for the new home? Um, is it months and months of process, or are you just no. sort of like I see something I wanted and I do it? I, I'm so fortunate. This house just went on the market yesterday, and we've got showings. Uh, it'll probably sell within a few days, and so I'll probably have a month from now. If we talked a month from now, I'll probably have a new home before I have a new salon. Wow. It wasn't planned out that way. It honestly wasn't. It was just kind of one of those things where my realtor asked me as a friend, you know, are you happy? What's going on? It's the two-year mark. Uh -huh. You usually get fidgety around this time. I'm like, I am totally happy. And then I went home and I was like, hmm, hmm. It's like when you get a plastic surgeon for a nose and they're like, what about a chin? And you're like, I am happy with my chin. And then you go home and you're like, maybe I'm not. But do you think she, since she knows you so well, you've been working with her for so many years, that she actually saw that you needed a absolutely, new project? Absolutely. Because I, I, I know when I get bored. Yeah. I know when I'm like, ah, oh, it's okay. So do you think finding the new salon is going to take longer than finding a new home? I've got the new salon. We're decorating it. We're doing oh, it. It's just okay. permits mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Great space. So you don't, you're not hesitant vibe. on that. You're able to just move, no, keep moving. No, it's so funny. The salon, it's so weird. Like the salon I'm confident in because I, I have like a task list of what I really need it to mm -hmm. do. So that's what's really exciting. Where the house, I'm completely open to what... It brings what adventure comes in. And you live through the mess. You stay. You sleep there. I stayed through the mess. Uh -huh. I've lived in hotels. I've lived in guest houses. I've done everything that it takes. There's some I should have moved out. I didn't. So, but it's a part of the journey. It's a part of having fun. I like seeing progress. Right. And um, do you have like an aesthetic? Is there like what, what is the Kimbo look for homes? All white. I'm so. I really, oh, bad. it's good that we're in this all white As universe a right colorist, now. <laughs> you think I'd love all these colors? But I think white is all different colors blended in one. I love all white. I think uh, a clean zen feel is what I love. So do you have any pets? I don't have any pets, uh -huh. but I did have a pet. She was a multi-poo, so she didn't shed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's probably the perfect pet, a white that doesn't shed. So tell me um, more about what this new salon branding is going to be. What is it going to mean for you? So the new salon is in a bungalow feel. It's, it's more of a very approachable luxury. It's a part of Beverly Hills in a home setting. And uh, there's going to be moments, I call them, of, you know, we serve cappuccinos. We serve all these things that, that have nothing really to do with the hair service, but just the moment service and feeling great about it. And I want to be the home, your home away from home. What I love about the salon business, and I don't think this will ever change, and I think this is why the salon business is such a fantastic business to be in, is that you have that human-to-human -human contact. Absolutely. Right? And, like, touch, right? Like, yes. you get to touch each other. Yes. And um, I just think that so many marketers and brands outside of the salon world are just so hyper-emphasizing social and influencer and blah, blah, right. blah, and they really are forgetting about, like, human-to-human -human contact. Like, you telling me something you like, I tell you something I like, and that's how we spread the word. You know, it's really about the relationship. It's really about building those relationships and, and keeping true relationships. That's what's exciting about that. And, you know, that, that's the one thing that got me into this field is being able to connect with my clients. You would never believe this. At a party, I'm actually shy. 
I'm not like this. Hi, I'm here. I'm Kim. Here I am. I'm actually, and I'm a Leo too. So I'm actually should be, but I'm actually really like, I like those moments where you have deep conversations. You get something out of it. And I think with a client, I'm all focused. I'm all there. It could be an A-list celebrity or your mom or a daughter or anybody. I, I really feel equal with all of them. Right. You know? So um, let's talk about your mom. You mentioned the word mom. Um, she was in the, in the nail salon business, She's, right? She was. In the, I grew up in the nail, and she still is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've retired her. This is by choice. My mother, my a little Vietnamese uh, mother who's amazing, lives in Palm Springs. Uh, you know, a lot of this is I get my grace and dignity from her. Hard worker. And uh, she really taught me the way how things were, were done. I mean, we came here. I moved here when I was a baby. But when she came here, she had, talking about hustle, she had to do nails. And she worked two jobs as a maid and a manicurist. Did she know how to do nails or she just had to figure it out? You know why I think a lot of Vietnamese people go into nails? Because they were so lovely teaching one another Mm -hmm. how to do it. And you know when they, you think they're talking about you and they're whispering? Uh They're actually telling each other what to do. So sometimes if you're insecure, you think they're talking about me. And sometimes they are. They're totally talking about you. They're totally talking about you. But the ones that are start, you know, first starting out, mm-hmm. they're really just sharing with them what the next step is and how to go through the process. That's such a nice way to think about it because I think culturally we think that that's funny, right? That yeah. like people in other languages are talking about us when yes. services are being performed, but it's actually it has nothing to do with you. It has it's, nothing to do with You're talking about a beautiful community, supportive right. community. And that's why you have certain communities that have a lot of people in them. Mm-hmm. And in the nail world, I mean, it's so transcended now and it's, it's been so different. But in the Vietnamese world, they would help one another. And I grew up literally in a mini mall. Like literally like summers I'd spend in a mini mall. So it's fabulous. Is she um, adept at nail art? She did not. She did more. She's old school. Mm-hmm. She did more of the maintenance and the acrylics and right. some gels. And uh, like we're saying, the evolution of nails or beauty, doing the nail art and getting into the artistry is so amazing. You know, of course she could do it. I just think it was not in her right. playhouse. Right. Women were wearing red or ballet exactly. slippers. Exactly. French or, nails right. or whatever it was. You know they were doing. So when you told your mother that you wanted to be um, in the hair industry, oh God, tell, yes. tell us what happened. You know it's funny. You know I think every immigrant parent feels this. They want their child to be so much more educated, better off. And in the Asian community, not to stereotype, but in the Asian community, they want you to be a doctor, lawyer, architect, engineer, anything professional. So when I told my mother I want to do hair, she said, "Great." And I was like, "Really?" Just until you get a job, until you get a profession. That's amazing. I was like, no, no, this is my profession. And she was like, no, no, this can't be a profession. And it, it, was, it was a little hardship for her because mm-hmm. she really wanted a better life for me. You know, and it is a tough business. Hair, nails, beauty, it's a very tough business. It's not for the faint at heart. Right. So um, that makes me think about clientele, yes. right? Which is um, not a word I ever knew until entering this industry. Um, but just the art of being able to connect with your clients. Yes. Right. So how did you learn that? Where, when did you learn that? You know, it goes back to being real, um, being honest with your clients, being, you know, when I first started my career, was I the best colorist in the world? No. Did I try my best? Yes. My intent was always to be better every day and try everything that I could to make that client happy. And um, I'll give you an inside on a client of mine that's a celebrity. There are times she's in a foul mood. I know it has nothing to do with mm-hmm. me. And I think sometimes people pick up on that energy and they're like, I, 
I don't know what's wrong with her. I would just wish her good thoughts as I was doing her hair. Like, I hope you well. I hope blessings. I, I wish you well. It has nothing to do with me. I think your intent in life really has a reactory process. Usually she leaves fantastic, saying you are the best. Mm -hmm. It's very funny how you learn that as you go on, your intent, what you put out there, how important it is. And even in the face of someone maybe not having the best day, you can make their day better and right. you can really change the situation around. Right, she might actually look forward to her time in your Absolutely. chair because she knows that she's in the phone because she needs, she needs your right. help. Right, and it's so interesting because of course when I first did her and she was in a funk, I thought, did I do something wrong? She loves me, I love her, what's wrong? Once I got out of my head, which right. is I think toxic sometimes, and then out of my heart and into my gut, I went, this has nothing to do with me. That's right. This is her going through a script or frustrated with a you know, producer, whatever it is, and I'm just gonna enjoy and think good thoughts. Good hair, good thoughts, and it works every time. I love that advice. It's something I've, I'm starting to use. I didn't always do that. I, I, I go to the self-doubt place first, which is what did I do? I screwed something up. Of course, we all do me. that. But, um, I say I, sorry all the time. Oh, you can you spill to stop something, doing I'll say sorry. Stop doing that. And I'm like, I, I've learned, but that's what I'm saying. We go to that right. self, yeah. sorry, that yeah. self-doubt, you know. So I started to think like, you know, Bless her, bless oh, him, yeah. and just put good energy towards Honey, that person. Honey, it's a sorry to bless him. Wow, you you graduated. I have to, you know, well, 11 years of therapy. Yeah. This takes time. Um, okay, with our last few minutes, I want to talk about something that you revealed to me that I thought was so cool. You have a bucket list. <laughs> can we cuss on this? We can today. We'll put an explicit message okay, on it. Okay, I'll call um, it effort list. How okay. about an effort list? Your effort list, and you also have a bucket list. I have a bucket list because we all, I hope, have bucket lists, things that we really want to do. My bucket list is things you want to do before you die. My effort list is things I want to do to live. And so my effort list to live are things that, you know, don't have to be so serious. It doesn't have to be, you know, visiting Vietnam again or Mount Rushmore, which is on, you know, my bucket list. My effort list is things like taking Zumba and like having the courage. Every time I go to a class that's a, a public class, I, I get in my head and I just, I lose the moves, I lose everything. And it's just getting out of your head and out of your comfort zone. What's in your head when you say you're getting out of your head? What's happening in your What's head? What's in my head? Oh my gosh, people are gonna see I'm a horrible Zumba. I've never taken Zumba before. All these doubts, self-doubts, things that I would judge myself on. Right. So, you know, this is so revealing for me to hear because I, I never would have thought that you know, Kimbo would walk into a gym class and feel anything but confident. Right? Exactly. Right? So exactly. Um, it's. Really, Can you imagine the pressure? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I think more people need to speak yeah. the way that you're speaking, which is like when I go to a new. Every time I've gone to a new gym, I always get nervous. Sometimes I used to faint, actually. I was like a fainter. Oh so my like, gosh. I got, would get so nervous that I faint. Um, if, if I knew that other people felt this way too, I probably wouldn't have gotten so nervous. You know, I honestly did take that Zumba class. I thought I was so clever by being in the back until they turned all around and did everything where I was in the front. And I was like, oh my God, I know none of these moves. I literally hit people. Like, I mean, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, I mean, it was a mess, but at least I did it. Right. I felt great. So it's really hard to be vulnerable, is what you're saying. Very difficult. And I think more people should be vulnerable. I try to be vulnerable. I really do, you know? I um, I think that 
I'm probably no, I don't know that I'm more vulnerable at any time than when I am working out because I like, I really feel like I'm in, there's an inner athlete inside of me trying to escape. Um, and I'm working really hard and I'm sweaty and I'm smelly. And I actually thought it'd be a great supplement to the pod to actually work out with the beauty executives. Yes. Like, so it's not talk the whole time because we want to work hard because that's your greatest vulnerability. You're sweating, you're messy. There's no hair and makeup. There's no great clothes. No. Right. You get all angles. Yes. Um, and we fail at things when we work out, right? Absolutely. I can't jump as high as I want, or maybe I can't even jump at all that day. No, and the honest truth is we in our minds have a mind's eye of what we should do, could do, and it usually doesn't match up with reality. You right. know? But I think it's just like societal pressures. I've always yeah. felt like I needed to be performing for other people. Um, you know, which is not healthy. I have to be true to me. Exactly. And this is why my effortless is so important, because it's things that I really always have been curious to try, curious to do, but didn't have maybe the courage or, you know, and just always wanted to do. But I kept saying to myself, oh, it's not big enough of a wish. It's not, I'm not worthy of that. And I have to have something bigger to, to spend energy towards it. And so when I came up with my effortless, I was like, no, I can do it just to do it. Just for the heck of it. Right. So I love this because it's kind of a no regrets philosophy. It's a no regret philosophy. Right. And you, I've done it Zumba three times. That's about it. Uh-huh. I don't need to do it forever. Right. I don't need to, de- you know, it's just one of those things. Right. But the, um, the way you feel about yourself and the dignity you have in just taking that action is really No dignity incredible. left after Zumba. But. No, there is. There's a, ton, there's a ton of dignity in saying, like, I'm, I made myself uncomfortable. Yes. I did something that was had a value to me for whatever reason. And I lived through it. And I hate to keep talking about Zumba. Can I tell you, I tried once to go to a Zumba class. Before it started, I crawled out to escape. And these were windows that were like almost floor to ceiling. Like I had to go in ninja style and crawl out. I was pretending I was going to get water and crawled out. That's how you know petrified I was until I actually took the class. Right. So, but you put it on your list and you didn't. I it's put beautiful. it on my list the second I put it on my list. And everyone get an effort list because that's when you live. That's when you're going to enjoy life. Yes, I love this. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with Thank us you, today. Judy. It's so really exciting to get to know it. you. And for our listeners, please follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast and subscribe to us on iTunes. Yes. Thanks, Kim. Thank you, Jody. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.